Bonsoir et bienvenue. Good evening and welcome everyone to this edition of Thunderdome Metal Reviews. My name is Gabe Cooper. I'm joined by David, Ben, and Tracy. And tonight we're all in for a discography blast. And it is my fault. And we are doing something very special because today happens to be Canada Day. We are looking at a discography blast of the legendary Gorguts. How are y'all doing tonight, gentlemen? Y'all are muted. I don't care. No, yeah, no, all of us are just, everyone's muted. Just consider me dead and, and move on. I, I will. Dave's just trying to stack the deck on what he wants to hear from these albums. <laughs> I'm just going to fill the space that Tracy would otherwise fill with screaming and crying. Indeed. I'm feeling like a Quebecer in Toronto, whatever that means. It smells of it smells of rotten anatomy right here. I think I think I think Gabe's just going to put it instead of me speaking. It's going to be that the hidden track part of the final the corn debut album of just him crying in the booth or Ross Robinson standing on his <laughs> chest. Like that's what Gabe's going to have for my review sections. Well, hopefully it wasn't that bad. Um, <laughs> you're here though, right? I'm here, indeed. Indeed. So why did you choose Gordetz, Gabe? Or did they choose you? The mm, question. Yeah, it's funny how that works sometimes. So I had heard of Gorguts as sort of an important Canadian death metal band, and I kind of wanted to see what the fuss was all about. I didn't really know, and I kind of just assumed it was you know just regular old death metal, and kind of starts out that way for for a bit, but it turns out that they are a hugely influential death metal band, especially when it comes to tech death and progressive death. And for people who are fans of the band death, uh, for people who are fans of other sort of very progressive death metal, you know, these guys are probably, uh, you know, just one step away or one, one, one rung below on the iceberg as it were. And like I said, I didn't really know what I was getting into, but I listened to another band that had obviously influenced um, that they had obviously influenced, and this is the New Zealand band Ulcerate. Has anybody listened to them before? Well, they're a very, very, very bizarre death metal band, but really cool, very atmospheric and um, out there. So anyway, I wanted to check it out, and I thought, you know, I'd make you guys suffer too. I think so. David asked them, but death metal guy, had you listened to a lot of Gore Guts? Had I? Is that what you asked? Yeah, oh, I had not actually. I'd heard a bit of the third one so just on like tech death compilations or things that inspired arch spire arch inspire uh so yeah i'd heard some obscura i think a little bit of from wisdom to hate but i really hadn't gone back to the erosion or considered dead era and i you know i feel bad like them cataclysm i i know voivod that's probably the one i know the best but there's a lot of these canadian bands i just didn't know about usually it's tracy that snakes them in through the back door on Canadian Day or otherwise, but so I only knew this band. I didn't know this band. Also listened to um, what was that band um that I brought Quo Vadis to? Yeah, indeed. So we've taken in a fair amount of uh, Canadian content. I mean, you know, you know what Tracy's Haley would say about Canadians and the the greatest performers of all time. So (laughs) (laughs) automatic grade bump. Automatic grade bump. (laughs) So. So this was this was interesting for me too. I know that the Florida stuff much better. Um, yeah, 
Well, and that's one of the reasons that I, that I ask, because I can remember them and then going back and kind of looking at the at least the early stuff. Um, they were, I mean, shit. The first album was recorded at you know at Morris Sound Studios, um, and they toured with all those guys. So I was just wondering. I mean, it, it, this is one of those bands that's been around forever that I've heard of, but had never actually listened to. Because again, like in the '90s, I, I didn't consider myself a big death metal guy, and you know my $5 an hour minimum wage job did not allow me to expand into a whole bunch of shifts that I wasn't sure I was going to like when I had never heard it and you had to buy physical copies of shit. I mean, you had to choose between a $5 foot long or three of those <laughs> for the price of one CD. It was hard. Yeah. Times were hard. Indeed. I skated uphill both ways. And I won't ask Tracy because I'm assuming Tracy had not listened to any of this before. Nope. I had not. Well, cool. I guess let's jump into this. Their it's debut album. Oh, go ahead. I assume we can say it's because they didn't put out an album in 2018. Or it would have been <laughs> Tracy's <laughs> 799th. Yeah. Like, sorry, apologies. That was just the year the year of the reckoning. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. So tell us about the first one, Ben. Yes. This is more relevant than what uh, I was yammering about. Gorgas, first studio album, Considered Dead. Uh, runtime at 37 minutes and 54 seconds. Sweet, sweet runtime. Released on October 8th, 1991 on Rob Warner Records. Scott Burns was the producer. The band as Luke LeMay on vocals, guitar, and he also did the cover art concept and designed their logo. Sylvain Marco on guitar and production. Eric Giguere on bass and production. Stefan Provencher on drums and production. They did bring some additional people in for this 10-track album um james murphy came in and laid a guitar solo down on inculated life the closer and chris barnes came in and sang on like three of the tracks uh rotten anatomy bodily corrupted and hematology hematological allergy glenn barnes was not available so they had to <laughs> go right. for so they had to go with his cousin chris chris um, yeah this is an album luke lemay yeah. For those of you who what don't know, to say, that's what to for. say about this album? I mean, 1991 it so, sounds a whole lot like 1991. It does. It does in Florida, so much like 1991. <laughs> um, this is one of those albums where the production is both good and bad. I agree with that. It was good in the fact that I could hear all the instruments, and I was like, "Wow, the bass is really coming through in this in places," mm-hmm. which is not always the case. But the drums sounded goddamn terrible. That I mean, this is like. You know, almost Saint Anger level of bad drum sounds. I think it's a theme of this entire blast, except for maybe the second album, but that's a, a different story. But I, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think by the third album, the, the, the production section. The third album is the worst one, but again, that's the. Well, we'll get there. <laughs> Amazing. You know, Luc LeMay. LeMay is French for the May, for those of you who don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks for clearing that up. Yeah, really. He, I he's all- that. He's also the only one who, over the arc of the band, he's like the proverbial, like the one piece of the ship that wasn't replaced. Yeah, this is his yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, what's the cover? What is happening? Is that skeleton entering the altar? Is it leaving it? Is that Tracy's soul leaving his body as we listen to Obscura? Maybe he's just taking uh, a nice stone bath with him. He's taking altar. a st- nice stone bath. He's trying to join Charlemagne coming out of the bathtub right. and... Yeah, this is the Druid Lord adventure into that Druid Lord album. Yeah, yeah. Um, I do think it's a weird thing, and I get it if you're you're friends with all these guys and everything. And Cannibal, of course, was 
kind of a thing, big deal in 91. Yeah. Um, while you would have Chris Barnes, but having him on like a third of the album singing, because I actually liked Luke's voice. I thought his death growl was really, really good. So, and it's not, and I don't hate Chris Barnes, unlike some people who may or may not be named Avid. Um, <laughs> it's not my favorite. <laughs> But no, I'm like Glenn, who's my, my yeah, boy. Exactly, Glenn is your boy. But um, yeah, I thought that was a, a very odd choice to to have another singer do so much. Of it. Especially mean, when one of the tracks is an instrumental. Scott Burns probably was like, "Dude, Chris Barnes is in the lounge right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're gonna have him come in and just make sounds on these three songs, and then he's gonna leave." So, right. And they were like, "Hell yes!" Don't know. Maybe they met once when when they were in Buffalo. Who even knows? Yeah, they're sure they didn't like maybe he secretly paid for a third of the album or something. It's you know, it's a it's a Chris Barnes front. <laughs> this was supposed to become six feet under, but it went yeah. just went too Canadian. They were arguing about metric. I don't know, but this this clearly is somewhat derivative and kind of an homage. But that's okay. I mean, a lot of stuff in '91, there was an arm race race to see if you could match Alters of Madness or whatever. That had dropped the gauntlet. Leprosy was out by this point, right? Because human human is ninety one, but Schaldener had already gone on that voyage. This is this is I would argue very heavily, uh, probably most of all, death influenced. Uh, I would say more entombed, honestly. You think a little bit, yeah. I mean, everything is influenced by death, so it's kind of hard not to say that. Too. Sure, yeah, sure. It reminded me some of the the early entombed. Left hand pass is ninety, yeah. I don't. I don't pretend to know these people's life, but they clearly heard utter death metal, and this is their For interpretation sure. on. It. And Scott Burns stood on their chest and recorded this, and while playing a metal death metal solo. Yeah, exactly. That's Eddie Van Halen pistol whipped Glenn Barnes <laughs> in the middle of production. But you no. know, for a debut album, I think it's it's all right. I would say they seem to I'm anticipating here. I feel like it annoyed Tracy less than some of what we're getting into, which is not what I was expecting. I thought mm-hmm. Tracy was gonna like the proggy the proggy in turn that happened. Nah, I, I don't think so. He does you don't think he that's does not my, that's not my prediction. But yeah. anyway, I think that you know, however derivative this album might be, um, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and it wasn't because of Luke Lemay's or Chris Barnes' vocals. I think that the you know, uh, the guitar work is just nasty. Like there's you know plenty of pinch harmonics to go around. I just love the approach. There's no filler on this whatsoever, which is not you know you can't necessarily say the same thing of all the death metal bands that are operating in this particular space where you're just like. Well, you know, I wish they would just cut it out here or there, or they wish they would just, you know, stick to, you know, some of these bands, like, I'm not going to drop any names, but some of them have a disease where they compose classical stuff on like synths and they have to put it on the record. And it's like, what do you need that for? You don't, it's not necessary. Um, Especially when the synths at the time of this sound like they're coming from like a cheesy PC computer game. You all can hate on Blessed Out of the Sick all you want. <laughs> <laughs> that, album is, that album is awesome. It's 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 I know what you're form. I know what's happening here, and I will not allow it <laughs> unchallenged. So yes, I mean, it sounded a bit like Legend of Zelda. Part I'm glad. The final I'm glad uh, David realized I was triggering him. I knew exactly what you were talking about. <laughs> Bleeps and bloops. I know. I know. Well, I mean, this the kind of. I agree with what everybody's kind of said here. Like this is a lot like 
a lot of like first albums, especially when you get into death metal, I think, where it's a love letter to the genre by fans of the genre before they become sure. it's almost um imposter syndrome is like i can't believe i'm here so they're writing a love letter to them and it's like the later albums where they go okay i'm actually part of the genre i'm not just here to have it kick me out yet like i'm actually a member of the club and so you see that very much here is this being death morbid angel driven and it's got a lot of hallmarks of that of that death metal of like maybe little not like i think it's does it quite have the uh it's not missing some of the um I'm gonna say deadly whimsy that you see with like cannibal corpse and some of those out of like Florida at times, but it does have like what you come to expect out of 90s death metal here. This album seems a lot less self-indulgent than some of their later stuff for sure. And I, I kind of track that up to the, the a being their debut and like, man, you know, I'm sure that they since they were toured with all these bands that they've got a little bit of a discount i don't know what the financials were for gore guts at any time or or what more sounds booking strategy was but this just seems to to have been an an album where they didn't dilly dally a lot they just went in there and kind of knocked it out because it's incredibly straightforward yeah for real and i think um we could also kind of argue about when we get to it later like what is the line between self-indulgent and just artistic expression versus like i don't know like heavy metal is self-indulgent it just is so there's definitely there's definitely degrees to that and um it'll be especially interesting to hear what y'all have to say about about obscura when we get there yep that's a conversation i think we're all looking forward to (laughs) um to talk about the artwork though i think this is just um druid lord has the like book three is like the artwork for like part three of a series this is just part one this artwork here like this before they get the Charlemagne's corpse and resurrect him you got the beholder there that's waiting in the side just going to take care of it as help out is on the side so i mean i feel like with druid lord things escalated rather quickly yeah bath salts the beholder's not looking so good though he looks burnt or dead Undead Beholder. Undead Beholder. That being our tribute, Gorgut's tribute band. We are Undead Beholder. (laughs) Undead Beholder. (laughs) Indeed. Oh, man. This is Lich Charlemagne. So, Trex? I feel like that's the natural progression. It is. It is the natural progression. I mean, I'm willing to say it at 37 minutes and a bit. just, Just do it. I don't think that I agree with Gabe. There's not really much filler on here. Yeah. Stiff, stiff and cold's pretty good. I mean, a lot of these songs are pretty good. Yeah. Just take the ride. Get in that sarcophagus and let Undead Beholder wash over you. Yeah. I'm going to agree with that. I mean, I don't, let's, I don't know that I would pull any of these songs off for a playlist. Um, but at, with this runtime, this is definitely good enough to just put on and let's spin. I'm not quite the, uh, the death metal head like everybody else is here in the podcast. So I only pulled a couple off this album. I mean, it is a quick spin, but uh, two I really kind of described to was a stiff and cold and rotten anatomy or rotten atomy. There we go. Yeah, just all of them, I think. I mean, I even tolerate the intro because it's short. Yeah, I was wondering what your thoughts on the intro were going to be. That's totally, totally passable. It's also short, which helps. Oh, yeah. 
All right. So that brings us to their second album, The Erosion of Sanity, released on January 19th, 1993. Runtime of 36 minutes, 46 seconds. Still on Roadrunner, produced by Gord Guts and Steve Harris. The band Luc LeMay still on vocals, guitar, piano. Sylvain Marcoux on guitar, Eric Gaguerre on bass, and Stefan Provencher on drums. No additional musicians on this one. Surely not that Steve Harris. This is another Steve Harris, right? Like Michael B. Yes, Jordan. It is, it is not. They're in the Bahamas. <laughs> I, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Much closer to home this time. We recorded in Victoria, Montreal, Quebec. Yeah, it makes more sense. This is even weirder, though. Okay, I just looked up that Steve Harris, and he's behind Dave Matthews Band, U2, Hurricane. Like he's. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> he's a professional producer. That's basically yeah. what Tracy is saying. Engineer mm-hmm. behind groups, artists like Dave Matthews Band, U2, yeah. Hurricane, Nader and Buga, Long Pigs, Rato Cuba Shaker, and many more. No wonder it sounds so good. Yeah. Uh, when the studio Harris was working with in the 90s went up in flames, he became freelance. So that's what happened. And it even says trivia, not to be confused with the bass player for Iron Maiden. Well, something sounds good. It definitely sounds better than the last one. Yeah, the production is better, although the drum sound still isn't great. It's better than it was on the previous album. And, you know, when I say that, I'm not like, I want to be clear that I'm not attacking the drum playing. Because I think the playing is actually pretty good. It's just the sound is uh, terrible. Yeah, I think as this is where we see the band kind of taking a step in the direction of their own style. You know, we were talking about the last record being sort of de- derivative and leaning on uh, their influences and even the personnel uh, where they're kind of uh, drawing on some other talent to give them some cred, but also just punch up what they're doing. And I really like the fact that they went in this direction with the more dissonant direction, but, you know, didn't sacrifice on the, the pummeling riffs. For me, I think that bits of this album remind me of Voivod mm-hmm. in the sense that they have these kind of weird and off kilter sort of melodic pieces to it, but it isn't repetitive in the same way that Voivod is. Um, and, you know, obviously this band is not coming from the the hardcore scene like Voivod seems to have been. I also think it's really cool because it's shorter than that first record. Um, so they pack a lot more punch into a, a smaller package, which is very nice. This was probably my favorite album that they did over the weekend. It's the one that they did, obviously, they did their most in terms of developing their own sound with, I think, in terms of perfecting what they did off the previous one. They didn't jump off the deep end and become almost self-indulgent like they do in their later albums. And so that there's a tightness to this album that is missing off those two albums and that these guys have also feel like it reminds me a good bit of Morbid Angel in terms of tightness and speed and clarity and just how they're able to kind of like maintain, like it's almost creepy how it sounds like it's almost to like count down to extinction levels. Like sounds like in terms of perfection of what they got out of the studio and what they're looking for. Like it doesn't really feel like a lot of things are out of place with this one. Do you worry that accusing them of self-indulgence means that, Devin Townsend will come and choke you in your sleep. Because <laughs> I feel like a lot of what you like is that. Just not, I don't know, I guess I'll save it for when we talk about Obscura, because I know that's where we're headed. But, uh, but you like to this one. David. <laughs> I know, I'm, I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> Devin Townsend and Glenn Barnes both show up and beat the shit out of Tracy. Mm-hmm. 
all the dudes from the Ocean Collective. <laughs> when you show up, shoot the vocalist and vanish. <laughs> um, yes, this one does feel like it's a, a continuation of the first album, but by a band that has uh, got more time together um, and has tightened their sound and can afford better production in what might have been a better studio. It is... You can see that they're starting to to expand the sound a little bit, just the inclusion of pianos and stuff like that. And again, not that that's unusual necessarily for death metal, but it certainly wasn't the standard yet. I don't think in '93, and they're just they're just growing. I mean, it, it's it sounds very much. It does not have the sophomore slump that a lot of albums have, and that I don't think that this is a lot weaker. Do I think it's a little bit weaker? Actually, no. I think this is a step in the, in the right direction. It's actually a little stronger than the debut, although not by a whole lot. But the riffs are still here. The They haven't gone super into the technical death metal side of it. This is still what I would consider a straight-up death metal album. I still love Luke LeMay's voice. The bass playing is good. The drum patterns are good. It's just the drum recording is not. Yeah, I think this is an improvement over the first one. Gradual improvement. And yeah, you begin to see some of the elements you're going to see in Skura, but they haven't gone full, full prog. Yeah, it's, I'm not, yeah, I'm not even sure I would call this tech death yet, though obviously that's a sort of subjective thing because there's plenty of sub- technical elements in regular death metal, but, but it's, you know, I enjoyed this album. Yeah, I thought it was better than the first one by a bit. Anything else to say before we move into track, Shinnaman? Um, okay, then I guess I'll go. Um, I really kind of like the middle of this album the best. I although I do like Dormant Misery as a closer. This is a band that usually the closer tracks are pretty good, I think. But the erosion of sanity through a path beyond uh, premonition, I think, are all fairly solid. But again, and I only say that because I think those tracks stand out more than I thought anything on the first album did. But now I'm going to back up and say, but due to the length, this being slightly shorter than the first album, I would just say put it on spin it. Yeah, I would put this on spin it. I agree that the, I, I might back it up to Condemned Obscurity, but the sort of middle run is uh, sort of my favorite songs were. That original sanity is really nice. Hideous infirmity. But it's only 37 minutes. Just do it. What could go wrong? My run starts with similar to David's with Condemned Obscurity, but it all hideous runs to hideous infirmity but what i like about this album but again it's it's pretty quick i'm gonna say all of them and especially the back half i think the back half is the strongest for me well here's what people have tuned in for i guess is to hear us argue about this album their third full-length studio album obscura released on june 23rd of 1998 after a five-year hiatus in which a lot of the band had quit Runtime is 60 minutes and 25 seconds on Olympic Slip Disc uh, Records. Pierre Remillard and Gorgas are the producers. The band is Luke LeMay on guitars, Steve Hurdle on guitars, vocals, and concept ideation. Luke LeMay also played the viola and sings on this one. Steve Clotier on bass guitar, Patrick Roberts on drums, Pierre Remillard, as I said, did the production. And no, no additional musicians. Steve Harris did not participate. We did not. So, Tracy, this was clearly your absolute favorite album of the year. Tell us about that journey for you. So, this album, I got to check one thing. Do you have some spreadsheet that talks about how much you hate hate shit? I want to see when this came out. I'm going to say that this was the (laughs) 
influence for Converge to create Jane Doe. And it turns out, yeah, and Jane Doe came out in 2001. But it seems like like the drums, let's start, let's start with that one. The snare drum sounds like shit. Like it's almost St. Anger level bad with the teeny ping, 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 ping. Like you're hitting a ball ping hammer on metal sound to it. And you hit throughout the entire album. And it's that way for the, this album and the next album. The drums playing like that, is it necessary? Like, I feel like this Ben's complaint about the wheel moving backwards where you have all the, like, everybody playing is doing a really good technical job, but it each sounds like every instrument is playing a different song and it's discordant and doesn't line up. I think that is a perfect example of what's happening here. Well, I think that that is an apt thing to say, except on this as opposed to the will, it's meant to be that way. This was intentionally discordant. Yeah, and that's where I'm falling off of it. Like it's, yeah. I can handle some discordant, but this is just, no. I mean, this verges on like, it's not quite as bad as that first White Zombie album we listened to, but this is pretty close to fucking noise rap. I thought it was fascinating and unique. I don't, I don't know. It didn't bother me that much. I, I, I was like, okay, we've gone in a different direction now. So, I mean, where were they going to go? 93, as you know, was like the fall off. That was like a, the peak. It's like Covenant and all the other shit. And then yeah. Black Metal and all that sort of came in behind it. So they went sort of this weird direction that I think a lot of people adore this because I. Oh, they I, do. I think that this is their their most well liked. I, I think so too. I and I know I know some of you really don't like looking at other rankings or whatever, but I was like, I wonder well, what, what how this is ranked, and people fucking eat this up. I well, thought this was literally. Gonna... I was on Reddit to sometime this week, and somebody's like, "What's your favorite Tech Death album? Why is that obscure by Gorgots? Or why Gorgots obscure?" And I'm like, "Man, I don't know what the fuck you're listening to, but it's not that." <laughs> yeah. Before I chime in with uh, with with my opinion about the album as a whole, like I would respond to Tracy's comment about the drums and say that I thought also that the drums were one of my least favorite parts of this album. If I you know wanted to like list some parts that I didn't like so much, because I think that precisely the drums and not other instruments on the record sound loose. They don't sound like they're playing together with the, with the other instruments as as they do in the other records, and it's. Another thing we have to remember is this is an entirely new band, essentially. Yeah. Except um, for the May. Right, but it's an entirely new uh, ensemble of people in the room. And they are doing something very different, but also, like, I just don't think that the looseness of the drums helps them <laughs> uh, do what they want to do. I don't pretend to understand what it was they want to do either, but I think that you know, they have something on those first two records, which is that they are really together in type. And I don't think that the drums actually sound, you know, together at times with, and it, it is uh, very complicated what they're doing. Uh, there's a lot of pieces and parts and changing rhythms and tempos, but you should still sound together, especially if what you're trying to do is tech death which i i don't know i also we could also talk about like whether this is a tech death record or whether it's a progressive death record like the first time listening to it i was like this doesn't sound super super technical to me but then maybe i'm looking at it with the 2000s like sure. telescope rather than like a 1990s telescope uh, yeah um, I, I think it was headed in that direction i don't know i definitely think it's a little more proggy than techy but Again, it's to me sounds very death inspired. The death stuff in the mid nineties sounded somewhat like this a little bit. 
like this almost hits where you get the experimental like post metal shit going on. Like this is what it's kind of like in realms of least what I'm used to hearing, like of what they're trying to do and going for. Like it's like oh, you hear it from a lot of like post black, post like post hardcore albums like that are trying to push the boundaries of like what you can even classify as music. Post Malone. Like, yeah, <laughs> but normally you eat that shit up, Tracy. So, like, well, yeah, I, exactly. What's I, normally I do in this album, I'm just like, hates mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I think so. I think part of it is, and I was listening to it, I feel like the last two albums also have this slight filter of sludge that it runs through as well. And I'm just like, mm, that's sludge. I don't, I don't know. Like, it's almost hits a little like, I hate Godish, and I'm like, don't i am not i think think that's the discomfort talking (laughs) yeah i do too because i don't think that this one's anything like sludge i think they both make you feel bad as a person it's got a little (laughs) bit of doom in it um it does but yeah but it totally well that's the other thing like it's weird to say this but i think even though this is an experimental record and clearly is trying to push boundaries like tracy is talking about they they talk they have talked about it and they talk about it as a concept and if it's a concept it should hang together somehow and i think you know what they're doing as a whole with the sound it kind of makes sense but the album itself i have a, have trouble like you know finding where it hangs together and i think that's maybe what makes me maybe like the experience of listening to it less than maybe some of the other records yeah Let's circle back around to something that you mentioned. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, Tracy. Um, that you mentioned earlier, uh, Gabe, and that is this tech death? Because to me, I mean, like, I would agree with you that it's not what we would necessarily consider tech death now. Um, although I would say that each, as you pointed out when you were first talking about the album, that each individual part is pretty technical, um, even if they don't necessarily cohere in, in a way in songs. And again, I would say that that is intentional, as you very well would agree with it's just that i i do think that the the complexity of the individual parts is what gets this labeled as tech death as opposed to just regular death right and i know that like pretty much everybody else likes tech death more than me so i was wondering what their thoughts on it was <laughs> tracy is dying without the tech death they would have never had the idea for the regular death <laughs> broke tracing yeah well i don't know like like i get it like everybody playing there i would this album almost sounds like to me like they're like all right here's what we're gonna do for a song and then somehow and like the mixing and mastery stage they mixed up the tracks for what was supposed to be for the songs and right you know what fuck it let's leave it and i i feel like that's where we're at with on this (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> let's just match yeah some of these uh, tracks have all very similar run links so it's like let's just match the different guitar parts and the different bass parts to this and there's like like every like they all like shifted like <laughs> one and so like you have the wrong drum track with the wrong bass track with the wrong guitar track <laughs> like i don't like it's it's that is discordant and so maybe compared to like what we're having nowadays like i don't think without this album like i honestly believe we wouldn't have archfire or we wouldn't have Alicia. canada 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 guys <laughs> yeah or canada would have canada would have c6 this without the same <laughs> just forget it i would not exist 
floated on its in, floated on its way. But I mean, the sounds just not good. Like I just I don't know what else I can say about it. Yeah, I mean there are a lot of to to your point, Tracy. There are a hell of a lot of bands that like none of them that I listen to, but <laughs> that state that this is like the defining uh, inspirational album of the millennium. Mm-hmm. And I think part of it is so listening to these albums in a vacuum wouldn't be too bad if, say, if you didn't have the first two albums coming before it to under what to expect. And then you get this album and the next album. Because a lot of times when you hear these kind of like these more discordant albums, they're like you hear them individually without nothing around them. Like you don't hear, we don't do it, listen to it. You typically don't listen to it like in this Skyrim Blast style. And so, one, you don't have that aspect of like where the fuck did it go off the rails on? I'm trying to figure that out. Also, this album is 20 minutes longer than every other album on here by at least 20 minutes longer. So, like, I think it also, like, you cut the sound by, like, five tracks off the sub. I think I've probably been much more along on this line. But, like, track seven and eight, I'm like, I'm done. I want off this ride. Can we get off this ride, please? Like, I know Jane Doe is also talked about in a similar, like, style, where at least I would. Like, I'm just kind of, like, oh, I'm punishing you just to be punishing. It's 45 minutes. And so it has a shorter runtime. So it's, like, at least apologetic and get you off the ride sooner this is almost un- unapologetic of like no you're going to suffer yeah but boston public school says you have to continue listening to converge or you do not get a degree never been to boston so it works out for me almost you're in their pockets david that checks cash too tracy <laughs> well i, I mean so. i think i think both of them are sort of genre defining in their own ways like we're, we're looking back on this a few decades after it was you know after it came out and like mathy metalcore or dissonant metalcore is like a whole other thing now. And tech death is an entirely other thing now. But I think also, you know, I don't know if these guys actually thought that this record was going to come out when they when they wrote it and, and put it together. And if they were just looking to, to piss some people off, they could have done it in some other way. And this is where I would then circle back to our conversation about what is self-indulgent and like, what what constitutes self-indulgent? I think that, you know, there's a difference between that and just putting your putting your artistic vision out there, right? In order to to do that, in order to kind of put that vision out here, you, you do have to indulge yourself. I don't think that it's necessarily possible to do without it. But at what point do you, does it become annoying and kind of asking people to indulge you too much? I think Tracy resents that. The album cover is him in about a decade's time. <laughs> I feel, I feel he's like they used my likeness without paying me a cent, and I don't like it. And that dead look in his eyes—that's how Tracy felt by the time he got to "Sweet Silence." I don't too, necessarily. That is very real. I don't necessarily think of this album as self-indulgent. I think it is, you know, and these are it. I, like we already said, it's five years after the last album. It's an entirely new band. A lot of the dissonance in the guitar playing apparently came from the, the Steve Hurdle, who has passed away in 2012. So rest in peace to him. And they were dealing with the fact that their genre had lost popularity. They had been released from the label. They were changing what they were writing about because it's not 1991 anymore. So I, I don't consider any of those things to be self-indulgent. It is like this... The, the logo is completely different than it used to be. Um, this is almost one of those things where it's the band is 
been out for a while and then releases a new self-titled album to signify that it's a new beginning for the band. Whether that works or not, I mean, I'm going to be kind of, you you guys know how I feel about super long albums and this is way long. This was not my favorite album, the ones we listened to tonight, but uh, I don't be begrudge them uh, for like making a change. Uh, it's just not my cup of tea. No, you hold well, on. I would, I would still much rather listen to this than, than to that white zombie record. Like, Me too. It's like worlds mm, apart. No. I don't know about all that, but oh, I would. I like White Zombie, but that first record was rough. Yeah, it was painful. Yeah. I mean, it was. It's definitely. Well, I mean, yeah, that. Yeah, that that particular White Zombie. <laughs> that record is not good. Yeah. I know. I know what you're going for, Ben. I love White Zombie too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're. you're the riffing looking. on this, the guitar work on this, is not just noise like it was on that White Zombie album. But there's a lot of noise on here. It's a subtle body that they're trying to do here. Right? The yeah. carnal state they're trying to achieve. There you go. I did. This didn't check out quite how I expected. I thought Tracy was going to become this album as a person, and well, nope. Sorry to disappoint. I think I think this is just the right kind of off-putting, like for for Tracy. Like, I mean, if if he were going to really consider it self-indulgent in a good way, it would have to switch genres like twenty times in the middle. Um, because that is that is the kind of self-indulgent that I find stupid and annoying, but Tracy loves and that's <laughs> exactly. fine. You know, like um so I if think there is just... accordion, is that what you're saying? Like need a hurdy gurdy? <laughs> like give me hurdy gurdy. <laughs> Four different choirs singing in five different languages, you know. Um, for no goddamn reason. Some saxophone played underwater. Sax man. I yeah. love saxophone. You can like three people singing their entire red soundtrack backwards. Yeah. In German. Yeah, eight guys whispering <laughs> into a fucking pickup on a guitar. Uh, like, about, like about, a me- about a meme that's about dwarves. I mean, it's just... <laughs> yeah, about digging out somewhere. Uh... So I guess you're right. It's just the right kind of off-putting. Or the wrong kind of right kind of off-putting. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Songs that where we're at, I feel like... That is to... where we are. Tracy no. needs to talk about all his favorite songs. None of them. <laughs> Take it yeah. out back, shoot it, bury it in a hole. I don't know that I feel that struggling about it, but I will also say none of them because I wouldn't put any of these on a playlist. Shit, y'all. Like, you, guys, you guys are uh, hard. So, um, Philistines. We are Philistines. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I, I think that, you know, it's, it isn't for everybody, but I also think that it is, again, it was strange and weird the first time that I tried to listen to it. It didn't make sense to me. But I want to say that the first five tracks is the best run. I don't like clouded. It's just too too long and it slows the whole record down. But I really do like subtle body, illuminatus, and faceless ones. Yeah, I'm I'm in that same boat. I thought this was interesting and fine, uh, but I liked the first half better. Clouded does drag. They could probably cut it if we were trying to trim this a tiny bit, which would maybe make Ben a little happier. But yeah. I don't yeah, know. I, pl- was- I I applaud them for doing something different and new and. I don't know, maybe it's the mood I was in. I was just like, yeah, we're doing this now. No hurdy gurdy here. Yeah. They definitely went outside their comfort zone. And maybe if, like, you know, they had released this as two albums that were 30 minutes each instead of one 60 minute album, I would have not hated it as much. But that's not what they did. The second album is Tracy D. H. being an infant, but with the <laughs> same beard. Yeah. 
the, the same pose. Um, which brings us to their fourth studio album, From Wisdom to Hate, released on March 6, 2001, 40 minutes and 41 seconds, released on Olympic and Season of Mist. Gorguts and Pierre Remillard are in the production chair. There have been some band changes in the band at this time. There's still Luke LeMay on guitars and vocals. Daniel Mongrain on lead guitar. Steve Clotier on bass guitar. Steve McDonald on drums. We have it. The never-ending quest for equilibrium. Indeed. What do we have here? Assyrians fucking shooting arrows? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I think that's what those are. That's what they look like anyway. Font change. But it's closer to the original logo than the last album. True that. I try to make sure we talk about the important stuff, like the font on the album cover. Yeah. Well, I mean, that is you know, part of the artistic vision, especially when it's the, one of the guys in the band who's responsible for the A, as we like to call him. I'm going to come out and say Tracy probably didn't like this, but I like this. I don't know. I thought it was a slightly refined version of the previous thing. I don't know. It was like Obscura, but a little more disciplined and sounded a little better. Didn't yeah, seem I like quite... this. Right? Isn't this better? Yeah, I thought it was better than Obscura for sure. This is still keeps some of those. It's still this is solidly in Tech Death and and closer to what we would recognize now as Tech Death than I would say that Obscura was. But like you said, more disciplined, more restrained, not as discordant. I like this quite a lot, um, precisely because it seems like you know they take what they did on the last record, they rein it in a bit and put it together with some of the really old school influences that they had on their first records. Um, very deep, like death and morbid angel vibes. And um, I just thought it was really cool. And it's, it's, I would say like much, much easier listening, <laughs> like, like an every everyday drinker rather than a sort of special occasion. Agreed. Like, I mean, this album, like it still suffers from some of the issues I didn't like about the third one, but it's, they've refined it and disciplined enough to where it's not just an abject, like, repulsion from my end where I'm like no fuck this like there's actually some stuff on here I find like oh this is actually good but I do feel like they still have at times some of the same issues they were facing previously I'm like well I don't know about this aspects here well unsurprising for a band that has been recording since the early 90s the the album that came out in the 2000s has much better production yeah and they've they've definitely improved their except for the drum sound because the drum still sounds like shit that's uh, I mean the, the drums hasn't sounded good on any of these, but I think it sounds better than it did on the previous three. I, I will, now, I, will, I don't necessarily like the playing as much, but just the sound of it, I, I think it's better. Like, I will take the drum sound from the first and second one over the ones off uh, Obscure in this one. But at least on this album, on like Obscure, where it sounds like he's at least trying to drum to the same song that the rest of the band is playing. Or... <laughs> <laughs> It's not just in there. It's kind of like um, that reminds me, Tracy, of an album that I want to track down because it's H. John Benjamin, who's the the voice for Bob's Burgers and Archer. He released oh, yeah. a jazz album in which he plays piano and he hired a bunch of jazz musicians to play with him, but he can't play piano. So it's just him fucking around on a piano and then improvising around him, which Tracy is suggesting <laughs> that like the drumming on the last album was done in such a style. <laughs> <laughs> the last album... Everybody didn't know what they were doing and just said, fuck it. This album, they somewhat know what they're doing, but they'll say, fuck it. Wow. Um, <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, if they really had no idea what they were doing, it would sound a lot worse than it actually would. what it sounded Agreed. like. Um, I think it's just a bit of hyperbole on, on Tracy's part, um, which I'll, I'll accept under the circumstances. 
the trauma he suffered. The trauma he suffered, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. The abject repulsion. The I, I love it when you talk dirty to me. This martyrium that he suffered listening to this. Das martyrium des. Dot, dot, dot. Unbekannt. We don't know. No one told us. Testimonial ruins. 41 minutes. We're back down to a Ben approved length. Yeah, uh, I'm not mad about the length of this. Yeah, I'll take the 41 minutes of this over the hour, Wankery. So apparently, David, all uh-huh. of these songs are written about Mesopotamia. So Yeah, that, that tracks. Yeah. That's the vibe I got listening to it. Sure, why not? Poof. Mesopotamia. Yeah. Sargon, the Akkadians, come and fucking you up from wisdom to hate. Yeah. Definitely, in my opinion, a, a step. Artistically, I don't guess it's as challenging as the last album, which I'll admit was probably much more about the artistic expression because you don't sound that way on accident and it, and have all the parts be that technical. But this does appear uh, as a, an idea more. My mastering engineering and production idea is correct and they actually mix everything together in the wrong song. Sure. Maybe. They're going to revoke your prog card. Well, you Dude, can that mouth that album. I think Glenn Barnes and LeMay are going to show up at his house tonight. <laughs> beat the shit out of him. And, and Devin Townsend. And Devin. Yeah. I think Devin game. would be my homie, and he'd probably be in my defense. He's going to take your prog card away, I think. An album about Mesopotamia with, like... <laughs> yeah. Weird experimental elements. I don't know. It's... Should have a picture of Tracy on the back. I would rather I would rather listen to Obscura than listen to that last track from the Devin Townsend album you made us listen to last, Tracy. Like (laughs) seriously, I would much rather listen to the entire one hour of you know this over the what was it the final track of City was that or was it was like fifteen minutes of noise. Can I can I opt out of both experiences? Oh, Oh, I just skipped that. (laughs) This is this is would you rather you have to choose one? (laughs) Okay. I'd listen to 15 minutes of noise because at least that 15 minutes of noise is over in 15 minutes. If it's going to be punishment, give me the shorter punishment. That's probably fair. Man. Uh, but anyway, more about this album. I was just, uh, I was just, uh, you know, it's too bad that we only do four of these a week because I would have given, you know, the one more. <laughs> yeah, we can. And the EP from 2016, we'll hit Tracy with that. And, uh, Y'all just want to make me cry when I go to sleep at night, don't you? Well, we're just trying to broaden your Canadian horizons beyond Devin Essence, which I know is your true, <laughs> deepest love. And Devin Townsend. And Devin Townsend, indeed. Devin, Devin Essence. Devin's. <laughs> 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 oh, man. Do we need to talk about sounds? Yeah. All of them, right, Tracy? Right? I do want to say we did get, however, what Ben was missing off of a previous album with the a 90 cent with video game soundtrack on this album. Yeah, that's so bad. That is so, so bad. I don't know what they were thinking. They probably okay. listened to Buster of the Second. We're like, this everybody's awesome. shaking their heads right now. This <laughs> is like... awesome. <laughs> Trey has a thought, called him up and was like, you need some Zelda keyboards, y'all. Mm-hmm. You were serious. That's how Mesopotamia sounded, Gabe. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Mesopotamia like. Cheesy sense. Moogs of Mesopotamia. Cheesy sense indeed. Um, who's going first on this? Why don't you do it, Tracy? <laughs> yeah, go ahead, Tracy. So I can give them props on Inverted and outside the cheesy sense on it, the quest for Ecclesiastes was all right. But I mean, 
Sounds just okay. Not a not the biggest fan of it, to no one's surprise. Or maybe yeah. everybody's surprised. I, I did think you would like Obscure it better than you, more than you did. Um, for this one, I would say Behave Through Mythos is pretty good. The title track um, and Testimonial Ruins. Again, I say that they close out their albums pretty well. This is my favorite one. I don't know. It's only 41 minutes. Fire it up. Stints and all, man. Blessed are the sick forever. <laughs> <laughs> I should have known. I uh, I enjoyed Inverted from Wisdom to Hate. Uh, unearthing the past, Das Martyrium Des, and Testimonial Ruins. Well, all right. I guess it's time to grade these. Yes, great. So, all right, gentlemen, considered dead. Gabe, you 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 done this to us? You start us off. So I'm undoubtedly going to set the bar high here because I, you know, I like this kind of music, uh, you, as derivative as it may be. So I'm going to put it at 92.5 it's really straight ahead no nonsense no wasted time and i enjoy it i like the genre of music too and i thought this was perfectly adequate even if a bit derivative and as a debut i thought it was fine uh, i would give this an 83 i would also give this an 83 um because i like the genre of music not as much as a dave Bid or a gabe but yeah, this is this is a very solid opener uh, and uh, something that even if I didn't like the early 90s artifacts of the production for uh, I it was fine. I would happily listen to it again. I'm going to give this a B minus an 80. Like it's it's definitely a love letter to the genre. It's decent, but I mean, there's still a few missing parts on it that I think they improve on with their next album, which I will go ahead and just read off. Well. I'll wait. I'll wait. I'll solve first on that one. That gives us an average of 85. Would you buy this album, gentlemen? I would not. Yes. I would. Yeah. It's good shit. That album cover, it's amazing. And especially once I bought the other ones, I probably would have backtracked and bought this. That's usually how I worked. Already. The Erosion of Sanity. I'm with this one. Oh. I, Go ahead. I was going to say, give this one a B. 85, I think they improve a lot on what they do with Considered Dead, and they kind of become their own within the genre itself, instead of kind of mimicking what they're fans of. I think they improve some, too, so I'm also going to give it an 85. Color me 85, because I thought it was better than the first one. I'm going to call you bad as well. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to set the bar high here again and give it a 94. This is great. Really cool. That gives us an 87 average. Would you buy this album, gentlemen? Sure. Maybe. Bought the first one. I'd buy this one. It's better than the first. Yes. All right. Gorguts Obscura. I don't think it quite came together, but I see what they were trying to do, and I thought it was interesting. I'm going to give this an 86. I understand it was also very important for a couple genres, so it's a bit of a legacy bump there. Yeah, I'm pretty much there with David. I gave it an 86.5. I also appreciate what they're doing. I found it interesting when I listened to it more than once. And I'm not in the bag for this kind of thing, but I have listened to other things that this influenced. And that's cool. That's really awesome. I'm going to give this a bump because it is so influential, even if it's for a genre that I don't necessarily like, uh, and give this a D plus. And everybody's waiting for my grade on this. And to nobody's disappointment, I'm going to give this an F. 
not quite kick it into the sun f but um i'm gonna treat it like odell and shoot it back behind the barn and bury it all in a ditch so i'm gonna give it a 50. f holster man this is like the third album that tracy has ever failed <laughs> my my before my greatest in there the average is 87 with my grade, it is 78. Still gets a hey, degree. Still, still passing. Still passing. That's a C plus, man. <laughs> All right. So, would you buy the sound gentleman? I'd buy two copies, one for me and one for you. Yeah, I'd buy one for you, too. I said, nah, I don't need it. <laughs> From wisdom to hate. I like this pretty well. I don't like it as much as... Um, the erosion of sanity, but I think it's a really impressive follow-up and combines the best of, you know, what they do best. And I'm going to give this a 91. I thought this one was my favorite one. So I'm going to give this one an 88, a B plus. It's cool. It builds on the last one. It's a little more coherent. I do agree that it builds on the last one, but it actually does so in a manner that I actually find enjoyable, but I don't think it's as good as this straight up death metal of the first two. Uh, so I'm going to come in at a C plus for this. And I'm going to come in just a step below Ben and give this a 76. They improve on a lot of the fuck ups on the first album, on the previous album, but I still think it's kind of just missing a little bit. So I'm going to give it a 76. All righty, that gives an average of 86. Would you buy this album, gentlemen? Sure. Yep. All righty. Well, everyone, that brings us this journey of gore guts to an end that everybody have a great experience did everybody have the a best, great canada day the best possible best possible canada experience indeed maple <laughs> and and smoke yep and canadian whiskey don't forget that i almost went that route but then i ended up with johnny drum oh well to gabe's joy I am offering the next blast. And so he can kind of come back at me. But all right, time to fail a couple of these if he wants to come back, which may happen because it's he's going to be kill switch engage. <laughs> so I wonder. I don't know about that. Let's see how he feels about this metalcore. We know how he feels about the, the Boston metalcore. Let's see how he feels about the non-Boston metalcore. It's a blast of Devin Townsend's obscure B-side albums. <laughs> <laughs> And see, seaside. But I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it. I am too. It's been a while since I've really listened to them heavily. And I did pick two Howard, two Jesse albums, but I picked them. Okay. No, sorry. I, How do you split that up? So I picked one from Jesse's first go around with the band, two Howard, and Jesse did second go around with the band, which also I think are their four best albums, but works out that way. I'm sure the algorithm agrees with you. The algorithm. The algorithm. Since that is just your you in code form. Yeah. This random album selector that selects from a list of Tracy and Prince. Huge air quotes around random album selector because it's not at all. I mean, it is chosen randomly. Just I am 90% of what the selection is chosen from because <laughs> I put everything I wanted to listen to on that list and others didn't. Not my fault. Well, is there anything else good for the order? Are we ready to ride off into the sunset and get our tap dancing shoes on? Just march to the testimonial ruins of our civilization. Well, that sounds about right. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm planning to do. Far out. Sounds great. 
Well, everyone, thanks for tuning in and tune in next time here on Thunderdome Metal Reviews. Broken the car. We had the same music going up like the Obscure album. Ha, 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 ha.